This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. we got a great question, Pastor Michael. Should we follow world events to keep track of Satan? Happy Monday, Tim. Yeah, happy Monday. I'm a little under the weather today, so... I I hear it in your voice, and I know you've been struggling with something. So I'm going to hack up along here, but uh, thankfully it's not contagious to our audience. But you, on the (laughs) other hand, wah, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, Um, I'm going to stay my distance from you. Yes, yes. So this this is a relative question, because when we think about tracking world events. Mm -hmm. We have one primary medium that communicates world events to us, and that would be the news News media. media. And it could be radio, it could be TV, it could be a bunch of different things. But they are primarily, not exclusively, but primarily following tragedy and tension around the world. Yes. They are not looking for the movement of God. For example, in China, uh, last time we heard from our missionaries in China, they're experiencing the biggest mass conversion in world history in one nation where 80,000 people per month are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Right. And it's been happening, catch this, for 30 years straight. It is the largest mass conversion any nation has ever seen at any point in history. But no news cycle is going to cover that because it's not convenient to tragedy or tension. Mm -hmm. Now, I I do think that there is a lot of tension in the story. If you think about communist China and the reality of the growing evangelical church, like that's a really cool news story. Right. But it's not being covered. My point in saying all that is just simply this. When you track tragedies, you are, in one sense, getting a glimpse into the global trajectory that we're moving on, but it is 0.01%, I'm making up stats, of what's really <laughs> happening globally because every nation has their own tragedies and traumas and tensions, right. but also joys and celebrations. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost an illusion to pluck out from the news cycle the world events and then say, we have a clear picture of what's happening globally. We have a filtered picture right. of what's happening globally. And often it's filtered through the secular media, not not through the Christian media. Absolutely. So which means that this picture does not even give us a clear snapshot of what Satan may or may not be up to because Satan wants to delude the world. And if he has control over the pop culture media machine, mm-hmm. then that means he's going to use that control to maybe elude people or get them away or have them turn their eyes from the reality, the depth and the scope of what he's actually doing. Now, that right. being said, I think a great way to see Satan at work would be what's happening in the Middle East and ISIS mm-hmm. and uh, militant Islam. I mean, that is clearly a movement and motivated by Satan himself when there's that much terror and death and destruction and vileness and oppression um, towards women and young children and to anybody who's not a follower of Allah. That to me would be a, a very clear picture of what Satan's up to. But what it doesn't tell you is what's happening in communist Russia and communist right. China. What it doesn't ha- tell you is what's happening in the Buddhist parts of the world where they're being led astray by worldly philosophies that have nothing to do with Jesus. And So where is Satan really at work? And that is the hard question to really answer because even while he's at work, the scope of his damage is severely limited by God. Right. He is the prince of the power of the air. 
But it does not mean that he has all authority at all points at all times because despite, for example, his authority and control in China, uh, that is not even beginning to halt. In fact, it's fast forwarding and accelerating the growth of the church in China. But all we hear about is communist China. You know, North Korea, we have very, very limited insight into what's happening in the underground church in North Korea. What we do hear about is the insane, you know, Kim Jong-un, if he hears this, oh, hopefully he doesn't come after me. <laughs> so, Tim, what would you, how would you even begin to respond to this? I kind of ranted for a bit. Well, yeah. As yeah, I, you did rant. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, you can get us rolling. So, as I'm thinking through this question, you know, is it our job as Christians to, to track what Satan is doing? I'm not so sure it is. I, I think we need to be aware of what he's doing. I think we more likely, as as I would take it, we should see what God is doing, even in the midst of tragedies, in the midst of uh, activities of Satan. Okay, let's let's acknowledge Satan is at work, and we should. But how is God redeeming the work of Satan? And there are certain things that we are told in Scripture that are evidences of the sudden and imminent return of Christ. You know, as you were ranting, as you were talking, <laughs> my mind quickly went to what Jesus said in Matthew 24. And he, he gave all these signs of the end of the age. And he said, there's going to be things that are going to happen. He says, you you will hear wars and rumors of wars. You will see things that will happen nation against nation, famines and earthquakes in various places. And then he says, these are just birth pains of the imminent return of, of the king, of him. And if we look at what is happening in the world, we know that these things are being given in the media that, you know, there was an earthquake just last week in, in a place that is not often known to have earthquakes. The scripture, this prophecy of Jesus, is being fulfilled in our very day. My concern is often we see what Jesus has predicted as happening, and we give the credit to Satan. And yes, he's active, but we often, some again, often, too often, I should say, we give Satan credit for what God is actually doing in the midst of this. And I heard today as I, as I was uh, coming to work in the Middle East, ISIS is taking Christians and beheading them. And what is God going to do with this? And are we as Christians to throw our hands up and say, obviously, here Satan is winning? Well, I hope this doesn't sound morbid, but when a Christian dies, whether they die a martyr or whether they die a natural death, we believe what Scripture says. To be yeah. absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. These people who've just lost their lives as believers in Christ— have just been transformed to heaven. Revelation, um, the martyrs stand before the throne and they say, how long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? Yeah. And Jesus's response to them is not until the number that I have basically predetermined of Christians who will be killed has been filled up. It's, mm -hmm. it's a really profound text where the saints who have been beheaded and killed mm -hmm. and tortured for the sake of Jesus are trying to wrestle and grapple even in heaven. And they're saying, when are you going to make right what these people have done? And Jesus responds by basically saying, what happened to you, I allowed, maybe even ordained. And there are going to be plenty more like this because right. every single person who has been executed for the sake of Jesus Christ proclaims my glory uniquely, mm -hmm. powerfully in a way that no other method of death can do. Yeah. It's crazy the biblical perspective 
on that. Now, does that mean we need to go run into that? No, that is not no. actually what the Bible advocates. When Paul is concerned about he's going to be killed, he flees. Mm-hmm. And he flees because yes. that is the right thing you know, to do. But I, I was reading, you were just mentioning Matthew 24 and wars and rumors of wars. And people have said to me often, when you look at the world and you see all the craziness out there, doesn't that just make you believe that Jesus is going to come back at any moment? And my answer almost bothers them all the time. And I'm like, no, no, not at all. Because if I lived in Europe in the early 1900s with World War One and then World, World War Two, yep. whatever we're seeing right now, most of the world, and especially no one in America, has even begun to endure mm-hmm. what the Europeans endured amongst World War One and World War Two. You go back, but there have been wars and rumors of wars for the last 2,000 oh, years. Yes. And it's almost like Jesus, this is what he says, all these are but the beginning of yes. birth pains. That's right. And his whole point is this. It's not like there's going to be a whole bunch of wars right before the end. What he's saying is the next couple thousand years of history, obviously, because we know that now, mm-hmm, right, are going to be filled with wars. And all of this are just birth pains. This is a constant reminder of what's coming. As the wars accumulate, yep. we are reminded with every war that Jesus is going to be coming. The analogy here is that they're birth pains, and the birth pains are going to give way to something big and huge, which ultimately is going to culminate in Jesus Christ coming back to judge the living and the dead. You mentioned something a minute ago that that I think is really important for us to share with our listeners. For the Christian who is watching our world unravel and watching Satan being active in the world, and there's no other way of describing them other than tragic. They are tragic. Totally. The Christian doesn't ask why. Because we know why. Yeah, when someone's in labor, we're not like, why is, why why is, my water why is there pain here? Because there's a baby coming. But you mentioned the scripture in Revelation. The martyrs ask, how long? Mm. That's what Paul asked, you know, when he's going through his rant about, hey, I've got a problem here and I've asked God to remove it and God says no. He doesn't say, why, why, why? He says, okay, how long? How long are we going to need to endure this? Hmm. And for the Christian, it is a totally different mindset from why, because now we're questioning God about his reason versus how long. How long do I need to endure this, Lord? And we know what the answer is, until he comes or until he takes us home. So let's give a big picture answer here. I think in scripture, um, you don't hear Paul getting really upset about world events. No. In fact, when he talks about Satan, he says, here are the kinds of things Satan does, even though the evidence of satanic effects are all around him. He doesn't actually stop and say, it's here and it's here and it's there and it's there. He spends 98% of his time talking about what it looks like when God is moving. Right. And that is, I think, the primary focus of the Christian is to say, okay, I need to discern when I see these things happening, when I see false religions and I see wrong philosophies and I see wrong living, these are satanically inspired, motivated, mm-hmm. or catalyzed. And But I need to have a primary focus on what is God doing. So the question goes like this, should we follow world defense to keep track of Satan? Yes, but not primarily. Right. And never once do you see Paul, like most Republican conservative Christians who are like, (laughs) can you believe what's happening in the world today? You don't hear this in him. What you hear is, watch out. Satan is on the movies, the prince power of the air. He's like a a lion. Well, I guess that's Peter. He's like a a lion seeking Mm -hmm. to devour Christians. Right. So warning, warning, warning. But 
Focus. Yeah, focus. Focus what on your Jesus lifestyle. Doing? Yes. Your example, your testimony before Christ in the midst of all the problems and all the activity of Satan. You be sure you keep your heart pure, your actions right. Your doctrine your, sound. Your doctrine sound. You're living correct. And you're pointing people back to the answer to the, all the problems, which is Jesus. Yep. And during this time, look for God in action. Because God is in action in every tragic situation, in every activity of Satan, God is going to show himself to be who he is. Like this election is a great illustration. The amount of complaining, the hopelessness, the powerlessness that people feel. We cannot control the outcome of the election. Not at all. We can vote and that's where our influence stops. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I don't care what happens. I don't care what wars are started. The Christian is not hopeless. The Christian is not afraid. The Christian Correct. can be grieved. The Christian can be disturbed. But I am not a complainer. I am not hopeless. My responsibility, I have a sphere of influence. You and I both are given the opportunity to pastor church, mm -hmm. to have a, an influence through a podcast like this and through the people we shepherd and care for in our family, and our souls. I have to steward with a great attitude of joy and thanksgiving despite the suffering of the world, despite the insanity of the people who are running for office. All of this is kind of just crazy. And But we step back and we say, we will be joyful and thankful no matter what happens in this world because Jesus is in control. World leaders are put in place by him mm -hmm. for his purposes. And honestly, right now, let's be let's be clear, whoever wins this election, it's likely <laughs> an act of judgment by God on yeah, the United right. States of America. I'm coughing. Ah! Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyways, we should end this one because there's another podcast coming tomorrow. Right. All right, Michael, speaking of tomorrow, this podcast is going to air the Monday before the election ah, day, yes, the yes, presidential yes. election, and a lot of other people that we need to be voting for or not voting for. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do we need to tell our listeners? If you feel so compelled to go vote, you vote. have an incredible opportunity to voice your voice <laughs> through abstention or through voting for yeah. somebody who, God willing, is the candidate that most clearly upholds the heart of God. Good luck on that one, audience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so listeners, vote. It is our Unless you disagree with Tim and I, then don't vote. Then don't vote. Stay home. Yeah, but I think you should vote. <laughs> you know, vote. We have had an opportunity to share with you today that God is on the throne, that we do not need to be hopeless, and he is not powerless to take care of anything that Satan is doing. God has got an ultimate plan, and he has got us on that trajectory. So listeners, please come back next time when we answer another question, which is, is it a sin for Christians to have insecurities? Join us next time.